children of all ages, love the Code Radio presents the greatest podcast in the world, the Marketech Samuel Plan, the Devil's Advocate Shinobi, the Lunatic King Maverick, and Single Syllable Mother, the right side of the pond. And of course, if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking for the words to Sup, Lords of Pain, and welcome to the right side of the pond. It is Friday, and we've reached that momentous day. It is the last episode of the right side of the pond. Uh, we've got the gang back together. You just heard Mazza. Plan's here. Hello. We thought about ostracising Plan for the last show, but, you know. <laughs> you mean turning him into an ostrich? You know, head in the sand when it comes to wrestling plan these days. Well, far, far from it. If your head's in the sand, you can just tell the waves to go away. Not if you're King Canute. This is this is basically pond porn. Yeah, we, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Beaver cleavage. <laughs> um, well, as you can tell, guys, uh, we've started off with uh, some 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 very fondly remembered pond memes. There, um, we haven't really planned this out particularly, so. Uh, it is just going to be... I start now. Well, yeah, that is that is true. Actually, if you go back to the beginning of the show, we were we were pretty pretty organised. It was all segments, and there were like little musical bits in between stuff, and... Way too much effort. Uh, uh, what? Who's this? What? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Shinobi has just wandered into my recording studio. I don't know what's going on here. Hi guys, nice to meet you. Wow, it's it's some return. I mean, to be fair, if John Morrison's showing up on SmackDown in 2020, why not Shinobi <laughs> on the pond? Yeah, uh, what are we, are we, does that make me the Miz? Oh, <laughs> 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 unlucky. No, it just makes you a prick. <laughs> hey, here we go. <laughs> now it feels like the pond. <laughs> well, uh, before Joey rudely interrupted Mav, you were in the middle of saying something, I think. Oh, back in the early days of the ponds, you know, we were, it was like a military operation, wasn't it? It was like, you know, you and me were recording uh, one-on-one segments and sending it off to these two. And they were doing little links where they kind of did some banter in between or different segments. Maz couldn't say statistically SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. I still called my segment that insanely. Can you say, can you say it now? Statistically <laughs> SummerSlam. <laughs> can you say it at a normal pace? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, how how far back are we going? It was like two thousand May twenty thirteen. May twenty thirteen. My word, almost. I, I I remember quite vividly one of our very first segments was uh, discussing the rise of Daniel Bryan, and I think that, that was probably our peak actually charting that uh, that arc from. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our second episode <laughs> episode two it was, it was all downhill from there 
No, it's true. Like, I think the show was very much defined in the early days by the fact that we were all massive reality marks. And while a lot of people were, you know, shouting for blood and, you know, burning down Titan Towers, we were kind of, let it play out, let it play out. Like, this is this yeah. is the right thing to do. You know, Orton's cashed in the briefcase. Brian has got this clean win over Cena that we all predicted. And we were, um, we were all of a certain ilk. If I remember right. Oh God, yeah, we were yeah, accused yes. of being an ilk. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, accused of being an ilk, and everything was in abeyance back then. <laughs> ah, who could forget abeyance? Absolutely, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? When you think that that—I mean, first of all, that was seven years ago, which is mad. Um, but you think about how much uh, hasn't changed since 2013, and it all becomes crushingly depressing very quickly. Well, you're on a bit of a journey, aren't you, Plan? You, well, you're possibly at the end of the journey. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you, it, it seems incredible to me that the, uh, the, the the author of 101 WWE matches to see before you die and a man who uh, basically found inventive ways to make wrestling make sense has decided that wrestling absolutely doesn't make sense. It was... Um, <laughs> Looking back, I suppose it was uh, kind of an arms race uh, in that as fast as I could come up with ways to try and make it make sense, WWE seemed to come up with more ways to stop it making sense again. So actually, this is your fault. Pretty much, yeah. I am I am the destroyer of worlds. I mean, we, try, we tried to tell you back in 2014 <laughs> that a triple threat, or a, 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 the Shield versus Brock Lesnar wouldn't work. <laughs> I mean, let's but not... You, you and if I remember rightly, you also tried to tell us that if you reversed the John Cena versus Bray Wyatt trilogy, it would <laughs> no, make much no, no, more no, 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 sense. No, 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 you got that. You, you got that wrong before, and you got it wrong again. It, 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 it might, although to be fair, that probably is is not quite as bad as what I did say, which was, <laughs> which, was if you reversed the. I can't believe I'm going to say this. The the Page versus AJ Lee feud. It made a lot more sense. Machete order. For, for Paige against AJ Lee, uh, <laughs> Machete or for Wyatt v Cena. I mean, I tell you what, Wyatt v Cena. I always, I always said you should watch in order. I mean, Wyatt v Cena. You should watch the first match and then uh, forget the other two ever happened. And pick one promo and ignore the rest. Doesn't matter which promo; they're all pretty good. They just never made any sense when you put lined them up. Didn't we have Uncle Joe on? And he, like, God. did, like, a fake Wyatt promo. I, I seem to remember him saying something about, like, I don't know, like, a, a crow flying away with a penis or something like that. Like, and it was his fake like Wyatt promo. Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like vintage Uncle Joe. I'm sure, I'm sure we put out a show where we had Uncle Joe, like, completely unfiltered. Yeah, I, I think that that was an early one. And I think that was when we decided, you know what? No more segments. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to keep it between the four of us. It's funny, actually, because we the first show that we all four did together was the SummerSlam 2013 preview, because I guess that was like the first pay-per-view arc that we would actually sort of done the show for, because payback happened, I don't know, like maybe three weeks uh, into... Yes, plan. I'm recording this. Um, <laughs> uh, gives the game away. <laughs> uh, I couldn't be bothered to type. Let's be frank. Uh, so yeah, no, it was Working like a, the fourth wall. 
I mean, yeah, CM Punk, here he is. Um, but yeah, it was Payback was really early in our run. Uh, and I remember you and Maz, Joe, doing a, a preview show for Payback, just the two of you, where you basically said it was going to be the most boring pay-per-view ever. And then there was that like brilliant Ziggler v. Del Rio match. And uh, Kate and AJ Lee had maybe like the best women's match for ages up to that point. It was like, oh, maybe things are picking up in WWE. And then, as you say, it was like the Brian rise. And then all four of us, and I think Bobby Cash as well, sat down and did the SummerSlam preview where we all said that uh, Brian would beat Cena clean and then tap out Orton when he went to cash in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after that, we pretty much did do a lot of the shows, the four of us. And we did do some segments still, I seem to remember. One particular show I always remember is um, us recording a jingle uh, for don't try this at home, but with like <laughs> stupid pro wrestling takes. I've still got that somewhere. <laughs> it's just like, what were we, what were we even thinking? Well, we played. Like, like, and did we play yeah. every time Plan said something for a bit? Yes, you <laughs> did. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember the amount of editing we take out pauses and I stuff know. like that? Oh my god! And then we just started interrupting each other and just got rid of the pauses. It was much better. Absolutely. <laughs> and now by the other by the last show, Mav is in such a late place he doesn't give a shit that he's openly saying that he's definitely recording the show we're about to put out, which is something we might have <laughs> edited out back in twenty thirteen, but now we're just boys, like, boys, I feel like in the two and a half years since I was last a regular fixture on this set in the in the five years since I was last a regular fixture on this uh, <laughs> since, since the first month of the show when you yeah. were, <laughs> since um, the show's peak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why it was the beak, obviously. You've gotten sloppy. <laughs> and this is probably why it's a, it's a good place to end. I do, I do remember actually um, thinking back to that sort of time, sort of early 2014. Do you remember that week when CM Punk walked out and we basically rewrote the show three times? I, I think, you know, even back then, though, it was kind of we didn't re-record it. We just we just did like an extra bit that we kept yeah. adding it on. <laughs> And I think, Joe, it got to about, like, 8 o'clock on a Thursday night when the final bit of news came out, and me and you added, like, another 15 minutes on the end of one. That was crazy. What, so what we, a week. We had this sort of idea in our head that we're just like, yeah, the Royal Rumble, we'll, we'll get it, start WrestleMania season, we'll, we'll at least start it off fairly organised, and then it was just... It was exhausting. So was that add-on just, like, 15 minutes of math saying it's a work? Pretty much. I think it pretty much was. Like, I, honestly, I think I think we've still got it in the folder. Like, I'd love to go back I, and listen to it because I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I, I love I love the fact that that is a prediction that's now come home to roost. I think that's a winning. Yeah, it only took six years, but I won. Well, you definitely play in the long game, but <laughs> like most of our predictions. It is. People it is funny. still swearing that the the screw drop was at work, so you know. Christ, it was. Um, it's funny thinking back to to the first couple of years. But you know, regularly, the show would go longer than two hours when we were recording it. I and whose fault was that? I am not taking sole blame for that. Um, <laughs> me and Mav both. Uh, and um, steady on. And it was, you know, I think there were more. There was probably more than one three-hour show in there as well at some point too. But it was such an. Uh, uh, it's interesting to think about. It was such an active period. It seemed like so much was happening all the time. There was 
so much going on, like especially around you know Royal Rumble WrestleMania season 2014. I mean, I can't remember another time like that since I joined LOP 12 years ago. Uh, you know, since since I joined and then since it's happened, I don't think we've ever seen anything of the like again. And it, I mean, there were like three or four news stories on the BBC in this country about it, and uh, as you guys were saying, you know, kept added tacky, having to record more and more coverage of it. Um, and and it filtered through into the conversation as well, of course, because people were were so on both sides of the argument were so adamant that they were right about their viewpoint. Uh, it was uh, it was quite a time, really. And then you 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 fast forward, you know, two three years later, and it seems like all the conversations about how how bad everything is. It's 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 interesting to see how the the needle has has moved. There's no division, really. It's I think everyone's. Every time I venture into the the columns forum now, and every time I venture onto um, the Lords of Pain homepage and look at the comments, it's, it's just all. Everyone seems to be on the same page. It's all shit. Uh, um, there are varying degrees of shit, uh, but there's no. You know, I, I think what what we could all agree on back in 2014 was that it was compelling. It was engaging. Whichever side of the argument you're on, you it, it was really exciting sort of time to be watching wrestling and to to see what was going to happen next and whether you were following the story story for what it was or if you were following the story behind the story which i think at that time it was as it, it was as fascinating as any other time i can recall when you factor in the the cm punk um abdication when you factor in the return of batista um the rise of daniel bryan the rock the i suppose and then following that, the rise of sort of NXT and the role that Triple H was playing in that, it was always a really sort of, there was always something to talk about. Well, I remember, I, um, uh, I'm sure Maz does as well. We went to uh, the Monday Night Raw in November, uh, of, in Manchester in November 2013. Um, and uh, I, I so vividly even now remember just the atmosphere of that night. Um, people chanting, yes, 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 as they were queuing up to open the doors. You know, and it was the it was the addition of, of Monday Night Raw where the Shield and the Wyatts first had an interaction with one another and sort of had the brawl for the first time, and the roof came off. The, the it was so, such good, so so many good parts that, that were brewing at the time. You know, and uh, bear in mind, this was in 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 the period where people were at their most saying Brian, you know, what are they doing with Brian? You know, he was that hot, and now you. You're calling him, and you know he was just, you know, Brian was hot, Punk was hot, the, the Shield and Wyatt's were hot, and when now that, you know, when that stare down happened, and it was just a, an amazing time to be a fan, you know, and they, I, I, I get wrestling is never gonna, you know, it's never gonna stay, it, it can't stay at a, a level that insane for huge amounts of time, you know, it's got a dip, but it's just. Really struggled to come back from that. I you think know, when I, um, you, you look back, there's the, you, you were kind of part of something quite quite special, similar to I suppose if you if you grew up during the Attitude Era and you you had those sort of moments that they can't be re- replicated. They try to, and part of the problem, um, certainly now, I, from my understanding, and in that period immediately before um, that the reality era was WWE were trying to recreate things. They were trying to recreate lightning in a bottle. And it just, it's just not possible to do. It has to happen organically. And it was only through 
the development of these characters and the introduction of these personalities into their, you know, into Monday Night Raw and, and into their pay-per-views, that it actually happened. It happened organically. There's a lot of things there. I mean, I watched the uh, championship elevation ceremony. Ascension. From, uh, Ascension. The Ascension ceremony. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched, uh, I watched that the other day. Um, I forget why. Uh, it just came from my YouTube, I think, and and it just I was just like, oh my god, I remember that, and I watched that, and it was it was incredible, like honestly, like spine tingling to sort of see the crowd reaction, and everyone chanting yes for Brian, drowning out. You can't actually hear Triple H's promo, like they completely drown him out, and like Mark Henry's like mugging to the camera and hugging Brian and going completely off kayfabe. Very, um, very incredible moment, and I think. When that, that whole time developed, it was the consequence of a lot of things, you know. They ended up um, quietly killing the brand extension and unifying the roster. So December 2013 is when they completed that process, when they unified the belts. And then and you we get... we absolutely learned from that mistake. Well, this is what I was about to say, is you then get like a two-year period where the product is really tight. You've got very defined roster positioning for those of you your bingo card at home best tick that one off um <laughs> and uh, and you had uh as you say like characters like mobility to view like the <laughs> shield <laughs> and bray wyatt coming up with brian you know with punk at least until he went um with ziggler with you know all these kind of you know a lot of the 2008 guys like uh, miz were still around and so you had this this great roster. Um, it was big enough to be able to do a lot of stuff with, but it was small enough that it didn't feel bloated. And I think the turning point, when I look back on it, and, and I'm sure Plan is going to love this, the point where it all went wrong was Rollins' knee injury. Absolutely. In, like, November 15. Because, like, they seemed to just completely lose all sense of where they were going after that. Because... They clearly were going to do a big Rollins v Reigns thing, and then they kind of couldn't do it, and they just started muddling along and doing weird stuff, like having Triple H <laughs> win the Rumble when Platt said he'd eat a hat if it happens. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought I, it was I have so... to say that was worth it. <laughs> but, I, but the thing is, and I know I know I was in the minority at the time, but I was so utterly convinced it was the most ridiculous idea I'd ever heard. And this is the guy who came out with Brock Lesnar versus the Shield. That there was no way it was going to happen, and then it happened, and and it was just another escalation of the stupidity that culminated with the decision to do a second brand extension. But, but I, it made sense to the rest of us. But it but it introduced that the issue, the reason why I thought it was stupid wasn't because I couldn't see a logic behind it, because the logic was behind it was clear, you know, especially after TLC the preceding month. But um, it just seemed a extremely. Well, I thought Triple H was going to win the match. He wasn't it? Was it that um, one? It oh, was, no, it was, it was you, I think. It was extremely unnecessary to do it. Um, the 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 momentum was clearly elsewhere in terms of you know who was the most popular on the roster. I mean, to this day, you watch that Rumble back, and it's like you long for Ambrose to win it. Um, and and but the other issue is you know he's he's running the company if he's the champion you just introduce all kind of unnecessary uh, roadblocks for the narrative that you're going to have to try and write yourself out of it's wwe so they don't even bother trying to explain any of it which is well no so they, they just held a pay-per-view called roadblock well <laughs> well exactly where dean ambrose got a title shot in the middle of the fact that reigns was the was was the the and man the- that we're going to mania to 
to have a go at it, which completely derailed Reigns on the way to Mania. It's just, it, I think that than, whole more... that whole run to WrestleMania 32 was a problem, and then WrestleMania 32 happened, which was a problem, and that was they were just well, the one, thing, the, month, the... one month behind on on Dean Ambrose. They they weren't recognizing that Dean Ambrose was hot, and they were doing things, and they were trying to change that on the fly. So you know, I they think... suddenly switch from from. Wyatt Lesnar throw all that down the toilet to do Ambrose Lesnar and as know, a reward, well, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the the bizarre thing was they they obviously decided they were going to have Reigns headline. They obviously knew Ambrose was more popular. So as Mav said, not only did they give Ambrose that match at Roadblock, but for the vast majority of the build to WrestleMania, like weeks before even Roadblock, they wrote Roman Reigns off TV, spent the entire time pushing Dean Ambrose. And then brought Roman Reigns back for like two weeks at the end of it to push him into the, you know, into that main what? event slot. Don't you cheer me? <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was absolutely um, absolutely nuts. And, and, I, and I agree with Matt. Stinker of a main event on top of it all. Well, quite. I mean, you say you know. I I remember at the time we were like, there's no way Triple H could possibly like stink up that headlining slot by doing the same thing again and wrestling a super slow match and all the rest of it and. Lo and behold, but also, but it came at the end of a seven and a half hour show, right? Yeah. And I and I remember at the time, a few people tried to argue with us and say, no, actually, it's only five hours because the pre-show doesn't count. It's like, no, the people in that stadium were there for seven and a half hours, and everybody. I think only three of them were watching, like. Was that, it, was that Ryback and Kalisto or something like that? <laughs> yeah. But they, had this, they were really stupid. Like, The Rock came on and set fire to an eight-foot like model of his name. It was just... And then buried, the, and then and... buried the Wyatts for literally no reason whatsoever. Oh, and then, was... of course, inevitably, WWE said, oh, well, we've done one WrestleMania for seven hours and everyone watched it, so now WrestleMania is seven hours long every year. And, and Which I think... then in turn led to this 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 escalation of of, of um, excess culture where every pay per view now you're lucky if you get a pay per view that's under three hours. It was that sort of um, you know that Simpsons episode, uh, the Treehouse of Horror, one, where Homer has to like you like donuts. Well, you have to eat every donut yeah, yeah, in absolutely. the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like totally. Satan forcing donuts down Homer's throat. And that's, who has the time? That's kind of what, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is what wrestling has ended up becoming. And I was thinking about this today, and it's not just that, that, that WWE went back to a brand extension, which is, you know, de facto trying to force you into watching Raw and SmackDown. And then the, the problem is, is neither of those shows are watchable. Uh, and then they've also then increased the NXT to two hours. They've got 205 Live, and... Um, They've got NXT UK, uh, as well as, you know, Superstar Inc. and God knows what else that they put out on, you know, in fact, it original programming. Um, so trust you to pick the most obscure, <laughs> the well, most I, obscure one of the network. I mean, he's the, only, he's the only one who watched it. So. I have never watched it. But like actual network money was spent on putting that, putting that program there where Corey Graves like asks Baron Corbin, like, why he has shit tattoos it's a bit of a weird one really <laughs> um anyway but it's it's just a uh it's just a very even if you just look at wwe you have to be unemployed uh or a student to be able to even 
come close to having that amount of time to watch you think, it. Think about, I mean, you, you think about other uh, uh, sports or other forms of entertainment which use a similar kind of platform. So, you know, take um, NFL or something like that. They, they make it's it's the, the games and highlights and uh, matches from history and not a lot else. They don't feel the need to um, keep putting shows about where American football players live or what they eat or <laughs> well, how they work I mean, out. I think it's... I, I, I think I tell it's, you what, I'd watch a show about that follows Ollie McBurney around for 365 days. That he's living the life, yeah. Just randomly show up at football grounds in a gold jacket. Brilliant. I, I feel will, like we I may often, have lost most of... <laughs> that's, that's very we lost Vlad, that's for that sure. is He's definitely lost me, yeah. <laughs> I often I often wonder how much of it is is you know because Vince McMahon clearly just he lives in this this WWE bubble and I genuinely wonder how much he genuinely believes that WWE fans just want to watch WWE all the time uh, because it certainly feels like that's what they're trying to make you do and what's been very very eye opening for me because when I was when I was in the midst of it all obviously you know how long you're sort of spending watching wrestling you know how much there is to consume. Um, and you try and you pick and choose the bits that you want to that you want to watch. But since I stopped watching altogether and stopped looking at results and stopped watching video highlights and, and just went completely cold turkey a number of months ago, the amount of free time that suddenly I found myself, you know, having on my hands and, and being able to fill with other stuff has been absolutely startling to think that all of that previously was was just on WWE. I mean, the, the demands on on a person's time by this company is is beyond vain i mean it's it's absolutely insane and again i was thinking about this like when we when we were kids certainly certainly me and maz like the amount of wrestling you got to watch was like pretty rationed really like you know that you only had the big four pay-per-views and then like king of the ring after 93 um and then like in terms of um take off someone who's got superstars or something exactly you Three might drop a matches and like, <laughs> there's no hunger anymore. No, yeah, of, no one's ever hungry for wrestling now. Well, that's the thing is, no, it, it, sick of it. It, it used it used to be that it was a treat, wasn't it? Like I remember the most excited I was every year. Like my parents didn't have Sky, like no way to watch wrestling at all, other than you know my you know my friends taped the Royal Rumble and you had to be like the nicest person in the school to your friends for like the three weeks before the rumble <laughs> to ensure he gave you the tape first. Yes, and yeah. then it was like, uh, you stayed spoiler free. Anyone like literally people used to have actual like fights. If anyone told you spoilers, it was like that, that much of a big deal. And then you got the rumble home and you put it in and you just sat and watched it. Uh, you know, I remember, I remember thinking at the time, and Plan probably still thinks this is the case, that, like, the 94 Rumble was just, like, the most amazing thing ever, and it, it was... Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but it was just this 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 sort of heady, heady brew of, like, having something that you loved but you couldn't watch all the time, and it's the now. The 94 Rumble is still one of the most amazing things ever. I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll take you one step further than that. I remember absolutely, you know so excited and talking to your friends about, about what happened at Wrestlemania 9 god what is wrong Mazda has just Mazda has just got more new gen than I have 
No, you know, it, it's, <laughs> there's something about WrestleMania Nine though. It's like the Roman stuff. It's exciting. What well, you know? It don't matter that you know historically when you look back, it's like probably the worst mania ever. But you know, it's all when when you're a kid at that point, you know, you, you're going back and you know the whole stuff with with Hogan and you know Giant Gonzalez choking out the Undertaker. It, it was like well, you know, it's like what on earth is this? Can you imagine yeah, if that pay per view sure. happened in the modern era? Well, this is the thing. Take, I was just would, a, take would have been dead. That would have, well, that, what, that would have been it. Well, what I what I was about to say was that it's interesting. You know, when you think about these conversations, wrestling fans always love to have about you know what's the the best version of this event or the worst version of this event. The longer that this current culture goes on, uh, you know, the the more um, stacked those the the worst side of that conversation is going to be with with modern pay-per-view because you think about wrestlemania 9 all right most people think that it that it absolutely stinks but at least it's got the humility of being in and out the door inside of three hours you know nowadays if wrestlemania 9 were to happen today it'd be seven hours long you'd have three more versions of the undertaker versus giant gonzalez on it and god knows what else you'd have the rock coming out setting fire to his name for 40 minutes uh, and so it you know it becomes it becomes relative i would much rather watch uh, you know, I mean, I'd much rather watch anything from Eugen anyway. But but if I wasn't a Eugen fan, I'd much rather watch something like WrestleMania Nine than I would a WrestleMania 32, 33, 34, or thirty. I mean, thirty-five wasn't that bad to be fair, um, because it's it's just it's not as long, quite honestly. I think the the really disappointing thing is that despite the, the those issues that we've outlined, like last January, they did seem to get their act together a little bit, and and that run from you know, from the Royal Rumble uh, through to WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan and uh, Kofi Kingston and uh, all that stuff that, you know, Seth Rollins um, winning the Rumble and going on to, you know, beat Lesnar inside 10 minutes. I All of that stuff felt really, really positive. And, you know, you're sort of, your hopes are dashed so quickly because then you're straight into a, you know, morally dubious Saudi pay-per-view, you know, you've got all sorts of like nonsense starts happening. They don't give Seth like proper feuds, you know, after his title win, they bring Lesnar back and give him the belt again, for God's sake. It's, it's all that stuff that they kind of can't resist. And again, like SummerSlam, I remember you and me plan talking about like surprisingly enjoying SummerSlam. Both of us. I only watched the, the, the main event. Oh, okay. I thought you watched a bit more than that. Uh, maybe one or two other matches, but my, I mean, I didn't watch the whole show at any point. Oh, okay. I mean, I think I, I seem to remember you saying you watched the Fiend thing and stuff like that. Um, okay. It might be me, actually. But it, it was like surprisingly a really enjoyable show, but then there's no follow up. It just goes back to being completely directionless again. And that's I, the problem. I, is... watched, I watched SummerSlam or most of SummerSlam, but I, I didn't find myself thinking, right, I've got to watch Monday Night Raw now because I've got to know what happens afterwards. It's. There's nothing to sort of hook you back in. Oh yes, that was right. I did watch the Fiend thing. Yes, because I remember talking to Joey as well and saying you should watch the the Fiend thing. She might like it. But um, yeah, absolutely. That's and that and what Joey's just said, I think, comes from what has now been. I mean, if you to, to bring it back to the pond again, if you were to go back over the seven years that we've been doing this show, I wonder how many times you would hear and listen to every show. I wonder how many times we'd do a show where we'd be super positive about the potential of you know, where we're headed next and, and that pay-per-view was better than we expected and, and hopefully they'll get their act together and maybe this time they'll learn because they've had five, six, seven 
false starts over the last few years um, where it's felt like they were about to, to make that change and then it just never happened. Brock Lesnar shows up again or, you know, they, they fluff something else or, or they push the wrong the wrong person as in someone who's not particularly entertaining. And is, I mean, Jinder Mahal is WWE champion for the better part of a year. What the meanwhile, hell were they thinking? Meanwhile, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, guys like this who have got extremely hot at points and they've done nothing with him. But Jinder Mahal's been WWE champion. I guess... I I mean, guess what? I mean, we've all had our favourites over the last sort of seven years, and I think we, you know all of them. Have, you know, in my case, Bray Wyatt. I mean, you say six or seven times there've been false dawns for Bray Wyatt. There's been six yeah. or seven false dawns, and there comes a point where you think that there's just no way. There's there's no faith to to make anything work. And I've always said that Bray Wyatt is one of those characters that should be used sparingly, and in certain situations, as a kind of a to, to sort of magnify another character's uh, flaws, um, but they just use him like anybody else. And it doesn't work. And and they, have, why... they have kind of learnt from that recently, in a way. And yeah, I think this yeah, this fiend I, reinvention is kind of what they've done there. But you are right in the well, with why it's in... too late for me at this yeah, point. Exactly. That's the problem. You know, past care. I think I think where they 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 lost it is when they gave him him. When they gave Bray Wyatt the title, hot shotted the, the title of Bray Wyatt to put Randy Orton over <laughs> at WrestleMania in that feud between yeah. those two, you know, I think that was their last chance to get it right, and they did it the Rather, wrong way round. Exactly, yeah. Rather than having had Orton be the champion and Bray Wyatt beat him, it was it's that, it, and then we get to, you know, the age old um, the age old conversation about how they just do not want to commit to contemporary generations of talent and just cling on to uh, the past relentlessly and it's it's now at a stage where you're staring down the barrel of a sec of the gun of a second generation of talent that aren't going to be able to realize what they could achieve because wwe would rather have dx and the brothers of destruction headline a pay-per-view in 2018 but the stupid thing is we've been here before like we were saying all this in 2012 and they kept bringing back you know well well the thing for me, the, the for me the thing was in 2012. I felt at the time like bringing the Rock back and so forth. It felt justified to a degree because I I didn't feel they had no other options precisely. But then but, you know yeah. then you get the Shield, you get CM Punk, you get Daniel Bryan, and they I know we're kind NXT, of crossing they had this over. NXT but... gener- generation and NXT for a, for a time fulfilled the exact purpose it needed to, and then it turned into something just completely unsustainable well it's well i think in a way it's almost too sustainable because now you have characters now they've made it into a full-on brand which i think you predicted joe quite early on like it's it's now that the situation that it's not the goal to be promoted to the main roster in but fact the brand it's, has it's changed it's, yeah the, the brand used to be about you know it, it was showcasing new upcoming stars who, who would be on the main roster one day so you yeah, know, obviously the, the shield guys came up through it, and we knew they were going to be a bit different. But you'd also, you know, obviously the 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 women's revolution started there. You but had, if, if uh, you look tag, at um... teams like the revival and people like that, and but now it's just it's just a holding pen for indie stars who the WWE don't want to go to AEW or to Impact or. I, I don't uh, know if it's that so much as it's become so popular in its own right that. And and I think also the sort of 
the bloated nature of the main roster has meant that a character like a Johnny Gargano or a Tommaso Ciampa, they feel like they want to stay on NXT and they want to stay there and 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 build it into something but, but there. This all should this never is, be this, no, this but, is, but that's well, what well, it is, well, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is we've talked. You know, let's bring bring in another pond meme here when we used to talk about NXT tards all the time, um, which was a you know a, a, a derogatory way to refer to people who would chant "This is awesome" at Finn Balor walking to the ring, uh, which was how bad it got at one point. But this is this this the is this has become. A, a real issue because you're now living in a world where, uh, I mean, the Finn, what what's happened to Finn Balor to me is 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 really striking because this guy comes up to the main roster, and everyone is all amped to see what he's going to do. I remember people predicting he was going to he was going to revolutionise the business and all this lot. I mean, I never really got the hype with him, but the, the, there was a lot of hype there. Uh, and for however many years he meanders, and it's not like I know people are going to say they ruined him or they didn't give him opportunities. Bullshit on that. They gave him plenty of opportunities. I mean, he became universal champion on his first pay-per-view, you know, and I know he got injured, but he was intercontinental champion a couple of times. But when you're in a situation where the company feels like they can quite easily leave you off a pay-per-view and leave you off consecutive pay-per-views, you're not making yourself necessary to the product like top stars do, like The Shield did, for example. Yeah, you, you have um, to and make that's, yourself on top of it. And that's telling. So, so what happens is he goes back to NXT where there are fewer people watching, you're less, you know, you're, you're less exposed to the to the wrestling audience. What you're doing is, uh, you're basically wrestling on a product that's only appealing to. I'm beginning to sound like prime time, worryingly. That's appealing to, you know, that niche of of that uber niche of wrestling fan that's very soon going to be the only wrestling fans left. Um, and all the while, you're painting it like it's a massive success for your career. You know, when the fact is, Finn Balor went back to NXT because. He didn't really achieve much on the main roster. You know, failed is a, is a provocative word. It's one I would use. I know it's one that a lot of people wouldn't use. Um, but when you're, when you're painting the idea that someone goes to a product that is reaching less of an audience as a success, then you, you've got issues because you, 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 you've, got, you've got a tunnel vision that's, that's taken a stranglehold on the wrestling industry. Uh, and that's not going to prove healthy for the wrestling industry at all. And this and this is one of the major reasons why I've just sort of called it a day finally, because um, as I've said on this show before, part and parcel of that is is what's happening in the actual ring, the actual wrestling itself, which is getting dafter and dafter and dumber and dumber. Uh, and f- quite frankly, um, and what I've said on the show is even if, you know, all the conversations we've had relentlessly on, on the pond about storylines and roster positioning and, and developmental, and, and if they fix all of these issues, it doesn't necessarily mean the wrestling itself is going to get any better at this point. Uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a major issue uh, for me. And it's, and it's one that has kind of just put that last nail in, in the coffin. Wrestling can, I've always championed the idea wrestling can mean anything, but that doesn't mean wrestling can be anything. And I think, you know, you have certain standard bearers for like a, an older school type of mindset. I mean, plan me and you really enjoyed the the rise of Mustafa Ali a couple of years ago, and his kind of um, particularly his run to the final of the uh, cruiserweight championship tournament um, that they ran before WrestleMania 34, and then they yeah. and then they pre-showed the cruiserweight match and put adverts during it adverts over it yeah, yeah, yeah and it and it was just like 
this is, you know, somebody who has completely organically built a fan base, built themselves on a, you know, impressively old school run of wrestling matches that, that people have really connected with. They've connected with the character, with his story, with his background, and they left it a year too late to push him because they tried to push him around the time when Kofi Kingston got hot last year. And it was like, uh it's so tone deaf. Like it's the wrong, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, they, they it was because Kofi, Kofi. Yeah, because yeah. he replaced Ali, didn't he? But then they should have held back on Ali until such exactly, a time. Exactly. Yeah. More sense to this. Is, it's probably a good time to bring in. We made an appeal for questions on social media before recording the show. We didn't really get many in, but I did get one from at Andrew V Music who asked, "Is there anything promotion could do that would make you want to watch regularly again, or do you think you've just had enough?" of wrestling. And I've sort of said my piece on that, but it strikes me that because, I mean, Joey hasn't written in an age, Maz hasn't written in an age, Mav, you've just retired and, and, you know, I'm two days away from full retirement by the time this show goes out. So it feels like it's a good question to ask the group really. Uh, yes, there is, but I don't know what it is. Classic You don't know what it is. It's going totally to be there's, there's something out there that can grip your attention. That's what wrestling's always done, you know, and that's what it's not doing at the moment. You know, th- they've got to find something to make me say, "Oh, that's interesting." I uh, think I'll watch that, and I, you know, I don't know yeah. what that is right now. And a lot of the things that would have interested me, you know, two, three years ago that that happened aren't, you know, a potential for. Punk maybe to come back or, you know, John Morrison finally coming back and stuff like that, which at the time I would have been like, oh, yeah, great. And now I'm just like, oh, OK, you know, there, there's something out there and I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, but I'm a wrestling fan. You know, that's that's not going to change. You know, I, I love wrestling. I just don't like what's out there at the moment. It, you know, I don't even dislike it. It's just not interesting enough for me to care anymore. You know, so absolutely, you know there's wrestling that I've absolutely loved over the years. And if they can feed into that and find something, it's there, but that, that that's on Vince to do, you know, that's on whoever's running that company to do. And it's something they've done before, something they've done before with me. You know, I, I was tuned out during new gen, you know, certainly the back end of new gen and then boom, attitude happened. You know, it, it's, but, you know, as, as Joey was saying earlier, just trying to, retread stuff that that's worked before is not what's going to make the difference they, they need to find something to, to tap into you know older fans newer fans you know i don't think it matters like they just need to find something that makes people think oh great you know and if they find that i don't think it will matter if it's old fans or new fans or whatever if they can find something like that you'll get a lot of people that will come running but right now you know people are running the other way uh, I think for me, it's 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 almost the accessibility of it, and I don't I don't mean in the sense of being able to watch it. Like I've I've got BT Sport, I you know, can easily get the network, but it's it's just the amount of time that's involved. And like you're you're telling me that now, if if I've watched Raw, I've also got to watch SmackDown because it's all interlinked, even though there's supposedly a brand extension, but. Um, and NXT seems to be getting involved in main roster storylines, and so I, it, there's just there's too much of a demand on one's time. And quite honestly, I'd rather watch something that isn't time dependent. Like I'm not going to get behind on something like Designated Survivor on Netflix. It's just there, and I can watch it as and when suits me. 
wrestling you you've got to keep up and if you don't then you miss entire chunks of it and so things don't make sense later on and when you were only having to keep up with maybe a couple of hours a week it was doable five seven hours a week plus a four to five hour pay-per-view once a month yeah but i mean you could you know if you wanted to you could tune in to AEW and watch that but you know i've got no inclination to do that either you know and that's you know (laughs) and again it's it's nothing against their product or anything that they've done there's just what they've done is nothing that's made me say oh yeah i want to check that out there's a say there's a saying in music and i was actually listening to um a series of podcasts about um uh definitely maybe the first oasis album and there's this thing of obviously nothing nothing is new everything has been done before and it, it feels like we've reached that point with with wrestling but they're just trying to do the same things again rather than trying to tweak it and make it feel more sort of i don't know make something the same sound a bit different if you see what i mean they're just trying to recreate things they've done before i think for me if 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 i were to you know because i at the moment what was the last thing i watched the last thing i watched was how in a cell i've been really slowly and i mean really slowly uh gradually watching through these two-hour nxt episodes which i have been quite enjoying i I must admit shamefully um but for me to watch raw or smackdown regularly again they would just have to completely change the format of their tv um because like they have sanitized and uh kevin dumbed it into oblivion (laughs) Right. So it's it's Exec- just executive, executive vice president Kevin Dunn has, has just <laughs> has. But it has become this kind of shiny exercise in nothingness. It's just it's a void. You could watch any episode of Raw or Smackdown completely out of context and it would look the same as every other episode of Raw or Smackdown in the last two years. There's nothing and that makes it feel tacky. There's no light and there's no shade. And if you think about all the great memorable moments of TV, of wrestling TV, um, I mean, plan you watched all the roars of, 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 of New Gen um, for a, for a as yet uncompleted project. Me and Maz watched the entirety of the Attitude Era for a project. And you know what? There were some roars and smackdowns in that run that absolutely sucked. But they sucked, right? They had a personality about them. You can't really say that, that the TV that, that goes out for WWE at the moment is bad or good. It's just beige. It's, just it, it's, it's exactly just, it. There's nothing, there's nothing going on there. And, I mean, there are, there are other issues as well. I mean, I, I think I much prefer the product when it's one roster. The, the time I tuned out before was late, late 05 to late 07 and again it's like a, a brand extension that's kind of choking the life out of the company and a tv product that feels bland and main event is that i mean in the case of 06 to 07 it was kind of you know just bland stuff with cena and in this case it's like roman reigns is in an endless feud with baron corbin i mean is that what anyone wants to watch in 2020 no um so i think it's the the, the deeper issues that plans mentioned the roster positioning the um, the fact that there's a brand extension which is toxic, um, but really I think the TV product is is pretty much unwatchable, and I'm still 
happy to watch the pay-per-views in my own time. And in fact, what you mentioned, Joe, I have started watching WWE a kind of a bit like Netflix in that, you know, I'll watch an NXT episode here or an NXT episode there. At some point, I'll get around to watching Survivor Series and TLC. I don't know when. Probably before the Rumble sometimes. I... But my, yeah, my regularly, is, it's a bit different. I am never going to find a four-hour gap in my schedule to watch last year's Survivor Series. It's just... Well, I think you can You can even... Uh, I imagine this is where you are, Joey, and have been for some time. It's certainly where I am now. I don't want to find a four-hour gap in my schedule. And if I did find no. a four-hour gap in my schedule, the last thing that I'm going to do with it is sit and watch a WWE show or want to sit and watch a WWE show because it's a thankless exercise. And so to to... to you know, the, the question, uh, you know, is there anything that uh, can be done to make you want to watch a promotion again or are you are you done with wrestling talent? I think the answer to both questions is yes, because the things that would have to be done are never going to be done. You know, we're never uh, – no no company that's making money is going to say, okay, instead of three hours of, of TV that we've got people watching, we're going to do one hour of TV that, to have people watch instead, which is something that would need to happen for me. You know, they're not going to scrap SmackDown. They should scrap SmackDown because it's pointless. It always has been pointless, really, when you start to look back on mm. it. But they're not going to scrap it. Uh, you know, the, 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 this uh, obsession with WrestleMania being seven hours long, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Neither is the fact that they have to have it in a 70, 80,000 seat stadium every year because look at how many seats we can sell, even though they have to bump up the numbers every single year to make it sound like they've sold more than they actually have. You know, all of all of the things that would that would have to be done are at this point so culturally endemic that I don't think they ever will be done. And that's why this has felt particularly final to me this time. But do you know what else can happen? Like we don't have to keep watching the current product. All exactly. the old products there. If we if Precisely. You know, we like you you guys have watched the whole of New Gen and Attitude and I don't know, you started watching the Ruthless Aggression era. Um, for for a project that will, will I imagine will never see the light of day. Not likely. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll file it under skits projects. But you know, <laughs> if, if I <laughs> but if I want to if if I want to watch you know, some some wrestling I've particularly enjoyed, there's that whole stretch through 2013. There's there's the you know the 2000 Royal Rumble. Oh, it was um, coming. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the post. <laughs> uh, can we? Can we? Can we please? Uh, can we please like you know make sure we get Big Show's boat in there? Galvanized. You know what? <laughs> I, 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 I follow a few WWE superstars on Instagram, and there was an infographic that popped up the other day that said Big Show has now wrestled in four decades. I was just like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, he and they say up. that like it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's my blow, really. But I mean, I think... Do you know what? When Undertaker uh, wrestles this year, he'll have wrestled in five. Oh, my word. Think about that. Yeah. Do you remember how old he's, he seems when he had a decade <laughs> of destruction behind him? I know, <laughs> I, think, I know, yeah. Um, but, yeah, do you know what I think is telling here is that we've all broken the habit and I, I think a lot of the last few years was was, was just that for, for a lot of us you know we, we watched it because we wrote about it and we you know that's what we've done that's what we we've done for so long and we've broken that habit now and you know that's when you're like oh, I don't care I've not, I've not looked at the NXT UK pay-per-view results from yesterday and not even that now you know it's the, I don't know what's happening the, the, potentially, 
I find a lot the, the, of what over the last few years, again, I don't think any of it, I, I don't sit there and think it was bad. I just, I'd sit there with it on and I'd be on my phone the whole time. And, you know, that's what got to me. It's like, why, why are you doing this? But actually, no I, but I'm quite happy to go back and watch old episodes of things that I used to watch when I, when I was younger. Like, I, I'll, I'll rewatch all of Red Dwarf. I'll rewatch House. I'll rewatch mm-hmm. all the other programs. I'll, I'll rewatch like classic Premier League matches from the 95, 96 season because that's when I, and maybe wrestling's the same thing. And maybe. 95, 96 season when Big Show debuted, by the way. Yeah, I was I was more concentrated. Newcastle, I was more, oh, yeah, I was more concentrated. <laughs> where twelve point lead at the top to, of the Premiership. Just to um, put it in perspective, that how ridiculous it is that he's still there. Still, yeah. Big Show did recently help celebrate Angry Birds' tenth anniversary, so there is that. Yeah. I don't know. You um, can still download Angry Birds, to be fair. But the fact it's that it's galvanised birds. <laughs> the fact that all this stuff is available means that. You know, we we probably can still be we we can still be fans, and we still have access to it if we still want it. Whereas, you know, ten years ago, that would have been it. We'd have just checked yeah. out. What's the bizarre oh, thing, isn't it? It's, it's the bizarre now, thing that... to get the the network, and now we are here. We are like a couple of years down the line, and, and, like... may, and maybe the network's actually killed it for us. But at least we we've still got we can still access well, this. This is the bizarre thing, isn't it? The network has made accessing all of that old stuff so easy and so instant that it makes even less sense that they continue to roll these guys out in the current product because why would I want to watch The Undertaker hobble around in 2019 when I could watch The Undertaker tear the house down in, you know, 2007 or whenever, or 2001 or 1990, whatever. You know, I mean, it's it's such a a contradiction in terms what they're doing. Uh, And that's, and it's, I mean, I, I, in a different place to Mazar, I, I do look back on a lot of, not all of it, there are some some exceptions, but a lot of what's been going on over the last few years now and, and uh, you know, find that it is absolutely terrible. Uh, and Mazar, you said earlier, you know, you need something interesting to happen, but how can anything interesting happen in an industry where everyone is doing everything all the time? You know, this exactly. is, this is, this is, well. this is, this is, this is not an industry anymore where Hulk Hogan can body slam Andre the Giant and inspire a generation of wrestlers to take up the art form because you see that every single week, probably more than once. Nothing is new. But and also, uh, like, you've, you've you got... see good matches like, all the time, but you well, can't. That's debatable. <laughs> well, you see matches that are considered to be good. You see them all the time, but I can't. I, I could never tell you what any of them are. I couldn't even tell you what year they're from at this point, you know. I know I enjoyed it at the time, but you know they all blend into each other. They're maybe all... maybe the whole thing just passed us by, and uh, like we because I I know there there are matches that have that happened in the last decade, and I can pretty much picture an entire twenty five minute match how it went, like the the big spots in it, how you know, how it made me feel. Anything that I've seen in the last three years couldn't tell you anything. Bingo! Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. You know, I, I it think does, it doesn't make me feel anything. I think and the wrestling was always about that. I think the younger generation of wrestlers coming up, particularly as well, you know, they're all marks for the business. And, you know, that was actually not necessarily a, you know, it didn't used to be a qualifying factor. You know, you didn't have to have an encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling to, to, to be a wrestler. Um, and in some ways it was kind of better if you didn't because what a lot of these guys are doing is like they they've almost got this this tick list of stuff that they want to do because their heroes did it 
And it means that, I mean, Plan, you've used this phrase a lot. Like, it's all, like, very um, self-aware. Um, yes. You know, there's all these sort of tribute. I mean, I watch, everyone that goes wild about Velveteen Dream, and I, I've not been so keen on him. And the reason is because it is that self-aware. Like, every time he wears trunks of a famous rest of the past or does one of their moves or, oh, you know... Sasha Banks does it and Bailey does it and... And it's a bit like... It's a bit... It's, <clears throat> it's just a bit nerdy, isn't it? Just, just like, stop it. It's just... Well, it's... It's... At some point, you know, wrestlers' characters started to boast about having... You know, Johnny Gargano, for example, boasts about always having the best match on a takeover. Why the hell would you care about having the best match on a takeover? Surely what you want to do on a takeover is win, regardless of how good the match is. You're not getting, you know, paid by the minute. You're not getting paid to tear the house down. You're getting paid to win. And and it's that kind of it's that kind of self-aware self-awareness in the story Um you know, I think, I mean, to a degree, I, I wonder whether it was always inevitably going to happen. But um, to what you were saying, uh, oh, Mav, about side, about... side of the motorway van. Oh, I'm a chip shopping. No, yeah. no, I think you're all right. Okay. It wouldn't be the last pond if, uh, if I didn't chip shop. But um, uh, spoiler alert, the Irons are, are currently working on a column to post this week before what? I retire. And <laughs> I'm doing the fire. Oh, and, my God. Uh, and, uh, that is doomsday in which, near. In which, uh, I, uh, to your point, Mav, what you were saying, I sort of refer to this, you know, this this current crop of, of wrestlers that are coming through now as as basically fan fiction writers compared to you know the authors and, and poets that wrestling used to used to be built around because that's what it feels like to me. It's like the wrestling equivalent of fan fiction. They do it because they think it's cool rather than because it tells an interesting story. And they've got they've got a whole generation of fans clapping them along the way. None of them apparently aware of the fact that what they are doing is is creating a rot that that if they're not careful is going to become terminal. I think you know it goes back to me for the you know the CM Punk uh, line from the pipe bomb promo. You know that he's a uh, a millionaire that should be a billionaire and he'll continue to make money despite himself. And it is the the very notion of having this incredibly captive audience. Um, but it is significant, I think, that, and I don't know, it's an echo chamber, but within our community uh, and within the internet wrestling community as a whole, that there are, you know, so many fans, uh, long-standing, as Primetime called them, lifers, you know, who are stepping away at the moment. And... You know, bear in mind that these are people, you know, that have kids and uh, presumably in the past would have um, inducted their kids into the like, you know, their love of wrestling and so on and so forth. You know, if WWE aren't careful, uh, the the where are these kids getting into wrestling going to come from if they're not being introduced to it by their parents or or their friends at school or whatever? Because, I mean it's interesting like i obviously work in a school and like the like the buzz of kids talking about wrestling is much like lower at the moment i can think of maybe i know three or four kids at my school that regularly watch wrestling one of them i'd say is smartened up um 
you know, it's it's it is a, it's an interesting thing. Is that all right? They've got, you know, they've got the kind of, you know, sort of sixteen to thirty demographics still reasonably on board, but actually below that, what's going to happen? It's an interesting question. Well, I suppose it comes down to whether or not you want your kids uh, watching Bobby Lashley every week. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's grounds to have your kids taken off you, surely. I mean, <laughs> man's going to be calling. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ch- child line. Yeah. <laughs> My dad's making me watch Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> um, uh, but I feel like we should, we, we should probably like, finish on a more positive note as opposed to the uh, the absolute like uh, appalling morass that 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 pro wrestling <laughs> has fallen into recently um let's talk about some favorite ponds uh, memes and moments who wants to kick us off um, i always remember Mazza uh predicting the two-man power trip would reform at the end of every pay-per-view <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I rem- <laughs> I, I'll do you one better. I remember Mazza predicting that Cody Rhodes was going to turn heel on his brother shortly after <laughs> the face decided his brother. I mean, he should have done. Look at him now. Bloody hell, Tony can't even hold a job. Actually, though, <laughs> do, yeah, they did. They did end up having a, a bloody feud in the end, albeit not in WWE. Ironically enough, uh, and everyone loved it. So who was right? <laughs> I mean, at least it wasn't Stardust v Goldust. No, good grief. <laughs> Stardust, like. Honestly, I remember. Like, I mean, the, the, credit credit to Cody. He threw himself into it and did oh, what he could he, with it. He certainly did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember the the day after that character debuted. Like straight away, somebody did the meme that was like, you know, when they tried to introduce like Poochie the dog into Itchy and Scratchy, and it's like Poochie has now gone to his own planet, and it was like Stardust has returned to his own planet. <laughs> um, what else did we do? So, like. Uh, Oh, yeah, Triple H being in matches that he wasn't booked in. We did that a few times, I think. I think it was just a general theme to predict people to win matches they win. We predicted Daniel Bryan to win the yeah, 2014. Daniel Bryan with the Rumble, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, to be fair, seemed like a fair shout. Because they and then Rey right, <laughs> Mysterio and, comes out. And then when WWE didn't actually put the guy they said there wasn't going to be in the match. I just wasn't in the match. It, it, like flipped out, <laughs> and it was just the way that everybody just felt justifiable outrage that someone who wasn't booked in a match didn't win it. Who was it, explicitly who we were explicitly told wasn't going to be in the match didn't win it. Yeah, they didn't even leave it vague. They explicitly said he's not in the match. What would have been worse though if he'd actually turned up in the match and not won it? Well, yeah, that, that happened the worse, next year, it? didn't it? Not I mean, when he came in the next <laughs> yeah. year, uh, when they when they announced him, Daniel Bryan is going to be in the match, and then got uh, eliminated then, halfway through. Yeah, like uh, after, after about five minutes in the match, I think as well. Um, <laughs> so that that was that was uh, that was that was pretty. Uh, proving they could mess it up both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Quite, yeah, absolutely. The old uh, set. I always remember the old. Um, the various duckies categories uh, that, that we did, but particularly the crap news story of the year, um, <laughs> which which was always, I think, the highlight of, of my year. Like some of the ones in there, like uh, Kofi Kingston gets presented with a sword. I remember. There's been some belters this year alone. They're, they're all just stuff made up off social media now. They're not I mean, even. I mean, but this, well, is, this is the problem. Sasha Banks sends cryptic tweets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every day, that one, for about two years. 
but the thing is, it's, it's not even reputable uh, news sources like Mark Middleton anymore. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's just random people off their off Twitter. They go, "Oh right, we'll we'll, we'll put that on there because it it mentioned something about um, Drew McIntyre." Uh, I mean, like a lot of it is like as well now. Apparently, wrestling news is just listening to a podcast and typing it out, like as you write it. Like, hear what this person said about this on a podcast. Oh, yeah, Plans Hatred of Wrestler Podcast. Like, that's one of my favourite <laughs> subplots. <laughs> my my favourite subplots of forever. Like, it's what is it? They luckily, are the luckily as... you've got Dave Fenichel to give you the highlights. <laughs> They're uh, just the same as, as wrestling fan podcasts, essentially. They're exactly the same, just a bunch of people railing against what's all so shit like we've done for the last hour. I mean, yeah. I, I always remember... You saying that? Oh, that's uh, a false finish. Oh no! <laughs> I was be saying that, like, uh, that plan. You were you were eagerly looking forward to the Iron Mike Sharp podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does feel like all and sundry have one, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Yeah, I mean, even people that are currently on the bloody roster have got them now. Haven't the New Day just started one? Corey Graves does one for WWE, I think, which you can only imagine is is absolutely disastrous. I mean. Corey Graves as a whole is. Do you mean Corey got, got drunk that time and just started like slating everybody on Twitter? Uh, his account was hacked by Kurt Angle. Oh yeah, apparently, apparently so. <laughs> Haven't they just rebranded the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast? Basically. Oh uh, well, they well it's kind of now it's like uh, they talk about specific matches, so it's the Broken Skull sessions because it's specifically about a match that he had with somebody so it's like the undertaker one it's like going really deep into their matches together i think i can't wait for the dean ambrose brock lesnar episode of that <laughs> oh god well oh no it's gonna happen isn't they gonna get brock on to talk about that match aren't they they're gonna just bury him brock, brock lesnar goes you know nowhere I'm for... the ryback cm punk one <sighs> i mean ryback's podcast that must be a, a wild ride fucking hell I mean, we, we probably should just take a quick second. I know we're sort of getting close to wrapping up here, but we should probably take a quick second to just recognize, uh, you know, how important the Shield have been to our fandoms, but also to this Never show. It feels like, it feels like uh, you know, bare a week has gone by since we've been doing this podcast that, that we haven't mentioned the Shield because they've been such a tour de force. Well, yeah, I actually, well, I forgot well, to were, mention one of, them left. One, well, one of my... One of my favourite uh, pond moments was Plan's therapy session with Mazza when Rollins <laughs> turned on the shield. And I, I, was, I always remember it because it was like, I was actually, I think I was, I had to go to a, to a funeral uh, the day of that roar that it happened. And I, and I remember I was the day behind watching everything. I kept completely off social media and I watched, uh, I watched the, the roar, I watched the pay-per-view. What was it? Uh, it was like kind of May sort of payback was it yeah it's like payback, payback where they had the match that was payback. Uh, uh, yeah and then there was the raw after so i caught it all up in one day and i think it was like the tuesday afternoon when i looked at my phone finally and it was just like twitter was just planned like imploding uh, and, and then like Maz reaching out bizarrely to offer therapy and then you agreeing to record it for the pods and i i came in the call like at the end of this therapy session like with plan just in this absolute like fugue state um, <laughs> I feel like you may be starting to overstate things but go and, on uh, and, and then uh, Maz was like oh what's your opinion about it Maz and then I sort of like said what I thought it was like oh no it'd be fine like Rollins would be great in that role and and plan was just like incandescent with rage again for a bit 
And I turned out to be right. And uh, plans, plans, fears that Seth would get Did we really just sidelined. sit through a 10-minute monologue from you so that you could, at the end, say you oh, were right yeah. and I was wrong oh, about well, something? Oh, why not? But, but like, we, that, we finally hit peak, man. Yeah, but I'm known for it. It's my gimmick. Oh, well, you know, might, might as well steal that as well. Well, I, I exactly also, I also remember that time that Plan was reduced to uh, to a puddle of basically his own semen when Seth Rollins said he'd written he'd read one of his columns. Oh yes, uh, he again. Favorite moments. <laughs> um, and then what? I don't think that actually happened. No, I don't either. It definitely happened. Kurt Angle hacked I'm, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Well, he's, he's pretty busy with his with his uh, you know encryption Jason codes. Old, uh, yeah, like Kurt Angle was like Jason Bourne or something. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I think like the Shields meant a lot to us because they again they came of age at the time when we we started the show. I was obviously like really attached to Ambrose. Plan with Rollins. I think you two were more on the Reigns end of things. I mean, I was. Yeah. I mean, I was I was thinking I, Joe was no, being. I, I was I was more Wyatt. Right, Ray Wyatt, so, yeah, think, but of yeah, the Shield but guys. Was more was more Reigns. I was I was Wyatt. So it was a, it was a you know that next generation coming up behind your seniors of the world. Like it was a that's why it's all the more frustrating that that kind of they they ended up having a, still a bit of a glass ceiling, even though they shattered it. They kind of always they end up rebuilding it each time, seemingly. But we what's got incredible! Some... What's incredible to me now, actually, that we're talking about it, is they've they've allowed um, someone of the caliber of Dean Ambrose to leave, and in his place they've got John Morrison and Drew McIntyre. I mean, you know, they obviously didn't want him to leave, but you know, they. But if they if they really didn't want him to leave, then they should have used him in the in. Well, that, that's in, it. And you know, and, and, and the thing the it, and and the fact that there's now a viable alter, or a credible alternative for some of these performers to go to. Well, um, uh, maybe. Is, maybe. Is that, I think but, it's, I guess the thing about AEW is that I've not massively formed an opinion, but it is very early days for them, and I think probably looking at it, I mean, and the criticism of the most recent stuff seems to be that. Um, They've got, they've got a main event. They don't have a mid card at all because they don't have a decent talent pool. From well, what well, I see, well, this is the thing. Yeah, is that, um, and this is the thing is that people expect them to be like this, this juggernaut from from the word go. That's not how building a wrestling promotion works. It's going to take them three yeah. to five well, years. I, I watched, I watched one episode, um, when I was in a hotel room and just flicking through, and I, I was like. I'll give it a watch. And, you know, to me, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, you know, stood out like a country mile as being an absolute megastar on that, on that stuff. Well, a lot of these guys that you hear about that I've not actually seen, they were just like, oh, is that it? You're, you're Joey Janellas and people like that. And well, all, this well, this was TNA in 07, wasn't it? it you, had, you had Angle and not Christi- much else. Angle, Christian, Samoa Joe. Yeah. I remember uh, I, on on the on the note of uh, Ambrose as as you know uh, we've sort of all defended his his career in WWE against those who have criticised it as a failure. One of my favourite ponds was when Mav and I did a did a, a run in commentary on uh, on his ladder match with Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank 2015. Does does life get more self indulgent than us <laughs> doing that? Like, <laughs> um, one of my favourite pond moments was missing that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was where it all started to go wrong. For <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, I think I think generally 
just you know to be sincere for for a moment just having the opportunity to actually uh you know have a detailed conversation about wrestling every week um has been a has been a genuine pleasure and i think that's what i the most you know the most that i've got out of this is just actually um not not necessarily having any smart fans in my real life friendship groups having that opportunity to talk about wrestling in depth in this way has been an amazing outlet and it's been something that i've always really appreciated i think for me it's having for the for the period that i, I was on the show <laughs> um <laughs> during its peak <laughs> it, yeah for the, those first two episodes um it was it, it was a way to kind of help me I, I suppose process it in a way that i'd never really done before and help me to enjoy the product a lot more and actually having that sort of discourse about what was going on and maybe seeing sort of different points of view on things helped me to sort of appreciate what was going on a bit better because there were there were a lot of things that would happen on tv that i go what the fuck were they doing that for and then Plan would turn around and say, "Well, look, if you watch it in a different order, if you watch it upside um, down, and yeah, <laughs> if you start mute. with the pinfall, and... and if you put the Portuguese subtitles on, um, <laughs> it makes much more sense." Um, but yeah, I mean, it it, it was it was fun, and I, I think to, to watch it during that period, um, that doing this podcast alongside it was uh, was a, was a genuine pleasure, and it's been uh, it's 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 just. I suppose in some ways it's sad that it's come to an end, but I think the important thing with uh, with with wrestling is knowing when to stop. And I and, and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I think as, see you later, then, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think as well, what what I didn't expect when we did this is that you know is that probably more so than any of the other shows on LAP Radio is just how much fun we have with it. Like we did have all of these like stupid memes that we had, like you know. Like uh, we we all had different ones yeah, we came up with, like Freeman's Weekly News or whatever. Oh, oh, do you remember God. that? <laughs> that was, that br- was brilliant. Genuinely, Again, that was I've brilliant. Wasn't that, it? Um, but yeah, we had to like you know all these these kind of things we used to say and the pond bingo and like when we did the 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 prediction shows, we'd look back the, over the predictions from the year the before. Counter prediction. <laughs> uh, point and half point. Um, <laughs> Me predicting Jimmy Uso turning into Shawn Michaels every year. <laughs> um, still NXT not invasion. Still not happening. Oh, NXT. 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 It's just, it's just, it's points. Points. Right, I'm going to do my. Getting pissed off about the Marty Janetti comparison. My, my Tito column is coming soon. I'm just be like NXT invasion points. Um, but it is it is uh, really cool that we had such a laugh doing it, and we we weren't particularly like po-faced about it we could have gone about it and done a very straight laced wrestling podcast but you know as soon as the four of us got ended up in an airspace together it became something quite different didn't it just degraded i mean with me there it was always let's face it i mean well let's not forget that like you know plan and and maz had had a a, like a 10-year like sort of joke feud before we even started this show (laughs) what do you mean what are you on about Good times, good times were had by all. Um, any any last words then before we uh, we draw yeah, this to a close? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speak for yourself. It's uh... it's been a miserable. Forty's not that bad, man. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's all right, isn't it? As these things go, I mean, to be fair, I've got another, another fifteen years before I'm allowed in the WrestleMania main event. So. Oh, 
Yeah, it's been a hell of a ride, and you know, seven years is a long time of of anyone's life, really. And it's crazy to think that at least two of us out of the four of every single week, without missing a single week of the last seven years, we've sat down and, and recorded a show. Sometimes we've recorded a show without recording the show, <laughs> and so we've put up an old rerun. Sometimes we've. Sometimes we've recorded the show, it's gone completely wrong. So uh, gone out every week since we started. I think so. Yeah. Under the ponds, under the ponds banner, I think uh, so everything. The, the longest-running weekly episodic podcast in LFP history. Absolutely. Somehow the shambolic one was the longest-running one. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is mad to think, actually, isn't it? Like, you know, just hustle asking some random. LOP Brits to do our own show and then for and us they asked just... Mazza out of all people I remember <laughs> me and Planet house show in Sheffield with um, Swan Tom Bob um, yes sitting in the car park afterwards recording like, let's give it a try let's, let's record on, on like, my phone I think I actually I think we did it while we were waiting for the show. I think it was before. Okay, before yeah, yeah. It was and before then I think we, you and Plan I feel like did. you've missed a massive opportunity there. And I actually, actually and on I the actually, side of the motorway. On that, on that, we weren't far from the yeah, side of the we motorway. We weren't far from the side <laughs> of the motorway. Um, uh, on, that, on that podcast that we did record, I, I argued for Bray Wyatt ending the Undertaker's undefeated streak, and I was one year away from being accurate. I, it's funny, I remember listening oh, to that because Matt... Maz posted it on his main page banner, and I remember listening to that to that podcast. And um, you know, it was it was really interesting because when when we first started sort of thinking about doing this project, like obviously we'd all like read each other's stuff online for years, but no idea what each other sounded like or anything like that. So it was kind of I remember the first uh, couple of days afterwards, I was like, oh my god, oh god, isn't Plan North? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Midlands. I'm not from the North. That's the North. I think it's, it just sounds grim. <laughs> it's just grim. You should live here. There's a uh, reason I'm just miserable. Well, I am actually, I'm actually up North as we speak. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely in Mazda's spare room. Um, <laughs> That's <all right>. frightening. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, yours next, Blair. No. Is, this, is this your reinvention as the children's TV presenter Bray Wyatt, Joe? Like, you know, like, oh, Maz, I'm sorry I wasn't on your podcast for six years. Wally, wally. <laughs> yeah. Maz, Maz hasn't seen me yet. <laughs> He's downstairs. He's just saying, let me, ha- let me in. <laughs> as, as long as you don't like start pretending to be Sister Abigail, I think we're good. <laughs> Oh God, I forgot that you like the old lady voice. <laughs> oh, well, I am I, Sister I, Abigail. I won't take my jumper off then. Um, it just got really weird, really. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not in your house. Be thanking your lucky stars. Oh dear. No one needs Bray Wyatt inside their house. I, I'm, I'm going to show up before I make this more weird. Absolutely. Well, it's been one hell of a ride uh, here at the right side of the pond. We've had an absolute blast. I hope all of you have enjoyed listening to us over the years. And so for one last time, we're going to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Okay, there we go. There we go. Let's go eat some chicken. End of an era. Oh, you should have done it during the show. That's the whole point. I was waiting for Plan to do it. Mr. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel like we should keep this outtake in. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Do you know what? I thought about the other the other time when um, we tried to start the show about fifteen times Absolutely. and we couldn't manage it because because Maz couldn't say he likes sub lords of pain. Sub lords of pain. Classic. And, uh, I think at the time, Plan was trying to eat his chicken dinner, wasn't he? And all we could hear in the background was his fork, his knife and fork clinking oh, together. I thought I was doing that when we did a one hundred and one. Uh, no, I thought it was it was I think it was a you and Maz segment of some sort. I can't remember for life me what it was. It was it was an early one. I'd love to go back and listen to it. Yeah. Not going to. Again, I've just I've just spent the last hour talking about how I don't have time for five hours of rest. <laughs> I don't have time for <laughs> seven years worth of Sifting time. Through seven yeah, hours yeah you've got time to listen to plan eating chicken. <laughs> That's well, how bad it's got. <laughs> Maybe everything will come full circle and WWE will be out of content one day and they'll just like have a network show that is listening to old Pond episodes. You know, <laughs> Couldn't be worse than some of the stuff they put out. It, no, I could. <laughs> <laughs> the odd one here or there, definitely. I'm looking forward to those royalties. Yeah, that'd be nice. Three quid and a pole match. <laughs> 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 We'll have a match for the custody of the pond, the PayPal account. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. We could just do it and just wait till the next like four-person ladder match, and we could just decide someone each. Wasn't I mean, there one on the? I think there was one, there was one on the last night, wasn't there? A tag team, weren't there? Yeah. You, you won I, it as well because you're the most northern. I, I feel I feel like that's dangerously close to betting on wrestling matches, which is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, they still do sad. that though, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's the other thing with the uh, the Batista thing is we should have all said it coming because Paddy Power said Batista was going to win, so we should have just all sort of lumped on. <laughs> well, that that's what been one of my bugbears over the years: people posting odds on Twitter. Sorry, that's a spoiler. Bookies aren't going to take a bath in this shit. So if someone's a heavy favourite, you could be, you know, pretty sure that you got some inside knowledge and. Ridiculous. Forgot about Jericho being near a car show every time there was a Royal Rumble as well. <laughs> that, was a, that was a thing about five years ago. Like, Jericho in car show near Royal Rumble. Yeah, he's, he's in Tennessee. It's like, he, just, he, just, he just likes cars. <laughs> the Royal Rumble's in Canada. Yeah, he just, he just uh, Jericho just likes to look at cars. Just leave the man alone. He likes to lose his championship belts in restaurants. Comsi uh, Comsa. <laughs> hey, you a little coomsy, coomsa. <laughs> ah, res- wrestling being good again. There we go. There we go yeah. Rock saying that he would have to get through Crash Holly on Headbanger Mosh to win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> now back to 1999, the good old days. Two, yeah. That's 2000, Joey. I would have thought you'd have been able to pinpoint that one. True, true. Full, full, full circle, full circle. We we've depassed Beaver Cleavage once again. <laughs> Um, right. 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 It's been real. I guess that's it. We'll see you well, next year then for the reunion tour. Yeah. I'll sell out <laughs> for the DX merchandise for once in a lifetime too. We'll bring Hornswoggle in, and he can he can be part of the podcast as well. <laughs> All right, Mike Sharp. We all see. <laughs> and I don't know, uh, Matt, Matt's reaction, that might be the, the planned memorial there. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Match of a decade. 
stuff. All right, boys. All right, guys. All right, then. All right, gents. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye. Good job. Bye. Bye.